The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Edition of AJ's analysis. The Bills find a way. Um, first time I've been able to say that this year. They, they've struggled in those one-score games as of late, 16 and 11 in their last 17. But find a way to get the job done. Um, I'm joined by a great guest today, Jenna Cottrell, over from 13 Wham in Rochester. Um, Jenna, how are you today? Good. Um, yeah, I think that's so funny about, like, found a way. Like, it's an ugly win. NFL wins count. They uh, they matter, and Buffalo pulled it off. But, oh, it was an ugly one. Yeah, so I want to start. Um, you know, obviously the storyline's going in. Dable returned. Tyrod got the start against his former team that he led to the playoffs. So there was a lot of interesting storylines, although the talent on the Giants has been, you know, I would say, not good so far this year. They struggled throughout the year. But, again, it was a tough battle for them. They had a good game. I want to start with the bad uh, – or the good, sorry. I want to start at AJ Epinesa. Um, you know, I think he's playing the best football of his career right now. He had yeah. another sack last night, four sacks in the last four games. He was the highest-graded uh, defender on the Bills defense at 89.5 per PFF. So, Jenna, just your thoughts on AJ Epinesa. Next year he gets a contract um, somewhere he'll be. He'll, he'll be going somewhere. He'll stay in Buffalo. Either way, he's going to get money. Just yeah. your thoughts on his performance, you know, through six weeks, four sacks in six games. I mean, it's been really impressive. He's someone that we've talked about wanting to see that next step from. He was drafted, obviously, in 2020 with the Bills' first pick. Obviously, it was in the second round. But he's someone that Buffalo invested a lot in. And they've invested a lot in that defensive line. And to see AJ just play the way he's played. And he talked about it. We asked him last week, like, what's been the difference? And he's he says it's just... A, the time on task, but B, just also like being intentional with everything that he does. And you've seen the results pay off so far. And it's just been fun to watch. Like you want to see players be able to, what does McDermott and Bean always say? Draft, develop, resign. Now we don't know if that'll be the case with AJ, but he's absolutely making the case for him to be a guy that's in Buffalo for a long time. And it's just cool to see. Like he's been able to make some huge plays for this team. And it's a guy that obviously his teammates love as well. So I mean, for the Bills to get the pressure that they've been having with that defensive line and to see a guy that we thought might have been traded to start the season, it's awesome to see for Buffalo. And John, to add to that, it's it's funny too because he's doing it with I would say arguably the best front four depth wise, starting wise that the Bills have had. They add Leonard Floyd, Greg Rousseau is coming to yeah. his own. He's a really good player. So not only is he again like he only had twenty one snaps yesterday. That's twenty seven percent of the snap share. He wasn't even in a lot. So for him to make an impact like that again with the talent with Floyd they brought in Rousseau, they have Von Miller who's going to get back into form here soon. It, yeah. The depth he offers right now has been great for the Bills. Oh. 
much. Absolutely. And it should be noted too, like Leonard Floyd, he was a free agent this offseason. Like the fact that he wasn't being like multi-million dollar deals by so many teams, he has been so huge for this team. Six and a half sacks, had another one yesterday. I think when he came and signed by Buffalo, it was like, all right, let's see. And he talked about how, you know, he played with Von Miller on the Rams. Like he's he wanted to be the big dog until the big dog got back. That's what he said about Von Miller. But he's shown up huge for this team. And you're right. Like this defensive line, they've invested so much, whether it be capital, draft picks, all that stuff. And to see it actually now paying off, it has been huge for Buffalo and for Sean McDermott, obviously the first year for him being the defensive play caller as well. Yeah, it's like Sean McDermott almost has that typical defensive front that he's always wanted, getting home with four. Yeah. The Bills have been able to do that. Um, I don't know if they still lead the NFL in sacks, but going into this one, they did. So, again, just this defensive line has been great. AJ Epinosa has been a huge part of that. If you're listening on audio after this, please uh, like. I appreciate it. If you're listening live right now on Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, uh, please like this video and subscribe to Buffalo Rumblings. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Moving on, uh, Dorian Williams, again, Another kid, rookie. You know, those, <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of kids in this lineup. Right, right. The narrative is that you know he can't replace Matt Milano, and he, yeah. not can't like he's not going to be as effective in replacing Matt Milano. Well, yesterday I, I thought he did pretty well. He played fast. He played assertive, really well against the run. Um, he ranked there with a seventy three point seventy three point four run defense grade, which is exceptional. And he finished the game with a 65.4 overall defensive grade uh, per PFF. He had 10 total tackles and one quarterback hit. Again, the tackling, I think, struggled a little bit, still over-pursuing a bit at times. Sean McDermott alluded to that uh, after and yeah. why he was taken out for Dodson um, in the game against the Jags in London. But your thoughts on Dorian Williams' performance, again, replacing an irreplaceable player in Matt Milano. Yeah, it's the same. Uh, Matt Milano is an all pro. He is Matt Milano. He's been in the defense for years and years and years, and you're not going to replace him right off the bat. But I've been impressed by Dorian Williams. Again, he's a kid. He's a younger guy, but just his instincts. And I've, he runs around the field like his hair is on fire. Like dude is everywhere. Can sometimes that get him into trouble? Of course. But I think for him, it's about getting that time on the field, time on task, and like refining some of those things. But I would rather have a guy that you kind of have to pull back a little bit as opposed to someone that we've seen in the past that like you need to kind of continually nudge them in the right direction. I think Dorian Williams has been fun to watch. Again, it's about refining him. And Sean McDermott even talked about today, like there's a lot to like about his game, but it's just – him having more experience and for a younger guy like that, who no one expected into the lineup to be into the lineup. I think he's done a good job. Will there be some mistakes? Of course, absolutely. It's going to be a learning experience for him, but so far there's, I see that you see the talent. There's no question about that. And I think that's a huge, honestly, first starting step for any player. Yeah. The, the linebacker duo, the future I thought might've been, I'll say this. I was surprised to see Bernard get the start. I thought it would be Dotson just because that's kind of the way McDermott's went throughout his career. But again, he's, he's showing him the ability to kind of adapt this year. And I think, again, trusting in Dorian Williams to be next to Tyrell Bernard, a second-year linebacker and a rookie, it's pretty special to watch them already do what they're doing. Yeah, and like Tyrell Bernard. <laughs> it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
I thought it was going to be Tyrell Dodson because you're right. Sean McDermott trusts the veterans. Obviously, Dodson has been with the Bills for so much longer. Terrell Bernard had the hamstring injury in the preseason as well. He didn't play in any preseason games. And when McDermott named him, we went and interviewed him. I was like, you know, how you feeling? Like all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. Like, And I was kind of like, oh, like this could be bad. I don't know. This was before the first game. I'm like, all right, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And to see the splash plays that he has made so far, look, it's six games into the season, but he has been so much more than anyone could have expected. Realistically, I, I posted the meme on Twitter like a couple weeks ago, of the Shaq quote that was like, I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game. Like, <laughs> Terrell Bernard has just been a pleasant surprise, especially considering the Bills knew Tremaine Edmonds wasn't going to be back, a mainstay, pivotal piece of the defense. Terrell Bernard has been fun, fun, fun to watch and i think you see all the talent that he has and he's done a hell of a job going into that role for this bill's defense yeah he was great uh again terrell bernard's just been uh, the pass interference in the end zone uh, i think that almost prevented a touchdown from being scored i think if he didn't yeah like a thousand percent like he was beat you gotta mug the guy you gotta give yourself the option of having another down and being like all right we can do this and he was beat. I mean, I think Darren Waller would have gotten that pass. So that was a smart play. And yeah. obviously the bills lived to another down and Taron Johnson made another huge play and this bills defense and Buffalo survived. That's what it's all about. It is moving on. Um, next, next thing I want to talk about, which again, I don't think it's a popular thing. I don't know if you're going to 100% agree with me, but it's a second half offense for me. Uh, I thought the second half offense did well. They had three drives, oh, two touchdowns yeah. and a field goal. Um, they, they moved the ball methodically 29 plays on back-to-back drives that were for touchdowns, 29 plays, 164 yards, and they took over 16 minutes off the clock and, and plus scoring 14 points. So they were able to sustain drives. Just talk about what the second-half offense, why do you think they found kind of a, a rhythm, run game, play company, <laughs> execution, or a combination of all that kind of stuff? Well, I feel like they had to. Like they knew. I mean, being down 6 nothing at the half to the Giants, it Almost, I was like, here's the good thing. They're down six points. The bad thing is it seems insurmountable at this point for the offense. But when you have Josh Allen, who's the best player on the field, like you got to be able to let him be in a position to make plays. And I think the Bills did that. They were a lot more under center. Josh was able to get into a rhythm. I like, look, you can't rely on having 17 play drives to score a touchdown. But at the same point, I think it was just huge to see this Bills team be able to move the ball. And then, letting Josh Allen just be the insane human being that he is like that Quentin Morris touchdown is just like diabolical to me just to see the window. I mean, it wasn't even a window like Josh Allen is Josh Allen. I get why fans though are incredibly frustrated with this offense because when you have the talent that you have, it's frustrating to see things be, we talked about on the Buffalo plus YouTube channel. Like it looks like the bills offense is playing in mud. Everything is a slog. Everything takes so much effort. The second half, Allen had a great game. I think he had what, like one in, uh, one incompletion. In the second half, it it shouldn't be that hard though. And the Bills need to put do a better job of putting themselves in a position to win. And then also just we talked about it, like a faster start. There was that weird stat. I don't know if you saw it that Bill or the teams that don't that go to London and don't take the bye after they're trailing in the fourth yep. quarter. Um, I know I felt like absolute uh i can't say that word on this uh i felt like crap (laughs) um coming back from london and i never played in a football game um but they gotta figure it out they're too good to to play the way they did 
Yeah, it is funny. Like, I because I was at the game, so I'm like looking at the at the scoreboard. I'm like, because I knew the stat going in, and I'm like, wow, yeah. six nothing headed into the fourth. I'm like, the Bills really are just gonna explode in the fourth quarter right now, just to be part of the statistic. But yeah, it was funny because yeah. they, they did it for the like plot. The <laughs> right, right. They, they scored in the first play of the fourth quarter, so it was funny. Um, adding to that, I, I want to ask kind of your worry meter. So like a one, not worried. Ten, worried. Not talking about the overall, it's October, so it's kind of hard to predict like where this team is headed just because there's so many variables and stuff like that. But yeah. how worried are you about this offense um, and Ken Dorsey moving forward after these last couple of games? Uh, I'm not not worried. We'll put it that way. Um, I would say I'm probably around a five or a six, only because where this team was at last season, it was very reminiscent of where they are now, where it felt like the offense kind of slowed down quite a bit. Like every game was an ugly win. And look, we're in week six. We just finished the sixth game of the season. But to see the last two weeks and how much it's been a struggle for this Bills offense, that to me is a concern. And we talk so much about Ken Dorsey and him being in his second year and what the Bills need to do. And it is getting to a rhythm. Sean McDermott even talked about it. Um, yeah, I mean, like Reptile, that's a funny name. <laughs> yeah, like last se- like the second half of last year, it really was. It was challenging for the Bills to score points and seeing the the same kind of instances this past these past two weeks has definitely been a concern. It's October. You want to be able to continually grow and play better and all this stuff. But at the same point, um, the Bills need to figure it out. You know, Josh Allen is too talented. Stephon Diggs has been phenomenal, but who else – What's the other gear you can go to? Who's the other player you can look towards? Um, and also just having Allen be able to, you know, we talk so much about shotgun and under center and all these things. It's like, what do you need to do to utilize your best player and have them be the most efficient they can be? And sometimes I feel like the NFL like outsmarts itself. Like, you know what Josh Allen does well. Stick to that. Like, I know it's matchup based and we see Bill Belichick and what the Patriots were able to do. They kind of were morphed into whatever they needed to do for each game. I hear that. But the Bills don't have an identity offensively. They need to establish that and then be so good at it that they can just shove that down everyone's throat. Right. I, I actually do agree. I'm going to go with a three or four um, in terms of concern. And I look at it this way, and this is kind of the way I've looked at it. You look across the league this year, there was like an offensive explosion um, in 2020, 2021. Like, John, like everyone's yeah. – all the quarterbacks were just exploding. Like, it was just insane around the whole league. This year, like, let, let's be honest here. The Chiefs are averaging 24 points a game. The Bills are averaging 28.8. Um, you have the the Eagles, again, put up 14 against the Jets. The Jets have now you – know, I guess Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen, which are considered the top-tier quarterbacks, have, have forced eight interceptions against those three quarterbacks in, in three games. So I, I look at it as this. I'm concerned because, again, like you said, they, they don't have an identity right now. It, it's Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and, and nothing really else for me. They have they have a run game, but they sometimes get away from it or don't lean on it enough. So for me, I'm at a four. I, I think the offense can figure it out, but I look around the league. The Chiefs, you know, they won a 19-8 game against Denver. Uh, the Eagles struggled. The Niners lost to the Browns with P.J. Walker. Uh, and the Bengals, again, have been a, a bottom – feeder right now on offense they're still finding ways to win but um i think again it's october uh so it's i hope it gets figured out but two reptiles point there is some concern but they have because they have looked a little bit slow since the green Bay game. okay question for you what would it take for that number to grow because going off of reptiles point like the second half of last season Mm -hmm. and what we've seen in these last couple of weeks the week one as well like 
I think that is why there is reason for concern is if you look at the season, they obviously have had a couple of great offensive games, but we saw last year, like Ken Dorsey really struggling to find an answer. And these last couple of weeks, we've seen kind of the same thing. Yeah. So for me, it's this, if you're not able, again, I'll go through kind of each player here. James Cook was supposed to be this pass catcher. They, they utilize it early. Where's that been? It, it, they go get away from it. Josh Allen, great running back or running quarterback, very efficient. They haven't really had any design quarterback runs. I was never like the advocate. I never wanted them to go away from it. People did. There were people that didn't like the quarterback runs that are now calling for them again, but I was pretty mm-hmm. consistent with like the quarterback runs. I, I like that part of the offense. Um, I don't know, like Josh Allen analytically, like his total EPA, he's the best quarterback in the league. He leads the league in expected points added yeah. the most efficient quarterback in football. So again, it's hard because they look so great and, you know, context, the commanders and Raiders and, Dolphins really don't have a great defense and the Jags and Jets do. So they did struggle against those teams, but the Giants were a terrible defense. So I think going into this game, it was probably a one or two, but now I'm, you know, I am at a four. So I am okay. kind of, I I'm, to see. yeah, I'm not like trending to see like, in the scale, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I'm not like a, a cliff, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm more concerned than I was. And again, I'm scared that the, the offense will let this defense down. Which is insane, right? Because right. this defense is having children essentially play because right. they have been so injured. This team should be led by their offense, and when that's not the case, that is why I have concerns. And that's what it comes down to, Jenna. It's the offense has to carry this team this year. I get it. The defense will still be good. They'll still be top ten. Yeah, but if they want to get to where they want to go. You, you can't rely on just Stephon Diggs, and you have to utilize every player in their skill set. Dalton Kincaid, Dawson, all these guys. You you have to put them in position to succeed. Corsi, Dorsey shows it at, at times. He, he's able to do it at times, but it's not consistent enough, and that's why I think fans are so concerned. Yeah, and also, too, like, why – I mean, we, we talked about, like, Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield and, you know, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, and, like – you just haven't really seen the production from them. And it's been like, I, I'm totally fine with the Bills forcing the ball to Diggs because he's that talented and just finds a way to essentially catch everything. But at the same point, it's like why you have to find another option. John with a comment. Josh looks like Dorsey has tied a leash to his leg and warned him. Do not run. And this seems to have taken Josh out of his headspace he's had since college. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's I don't weird. agree with that only because Josh Allen is going to be Josh Allen. We saw him throw right. his shoulder into a, a, a lineman yesterday. Right. Like, I will say they have made a concerted effort to Josh to stop taking unnecessary hits, but Allen is going to do what he needs to do to win. I would say I agree with you with seeing like a little bit more design runs and stuff like that right. because of what that can do. But um, yeah, I mean, Allen's going to be Allen. Yeah, he's still 11th um, in the NFL right now in scramble percentage. So he, he he's not top 10. He's not as high as he used to be, but he's still getting out of the pocket at 6.1% of the time. And then this offensive line, again, which I want to get to now, they've invested a lot in. Uh, yeah. and, and Josh Allen's sack percentage this year is 28th. He's only getting sacked. Um, about four over four percent of the time. So just talk about this offensive line. I think it the last couple of weeks it has been a little bit more of a struggle for them. Um, but again, just I think this offensive line has taken, you know, an, taken their talent to another level across the board. 
I will say I was concerned after the first week because the Jets were just, but the Jets defense is very good. I think I've been, I have been impressed by the offensive line for the most part. Um, I think Dion is playing really well, especially after last season. I didn't know if maybe he was starting to take a step back, but I feel like Dion has played pretty well this season. I mean, I was been impressed with Connor McGovern and Mitch Morris and uh, Osiris Torrance as a rookie. I think he's playing very well. And it's good when you don't really uh, notice an offensive lineman. Spencer Brown is he's playing better than he played last season, which I don't know if. I mean, that's obviously an improvement, but that's not always saying that much. He seems to be in the middle of it all the time. He did deal with an injury yesterday, came back into the game. But um, yeah, I mean, we're at the point in the season where guys are starting to get banged up. Those injuries are starting to be nagging. But what the team's been able to do in terms of that, they have invested a lot in it. And it's nice to see Josh, for the most part, usually have the ability to get some time. Absolutely. Um, a couple more things to the good side. I-, I thought the run game, just to touch on these last couple points here, the run game, again, established a rhythm, I, I, especially in the second half, James Cook averaged over five yards of carry. I thought he ran hard and responded uh, not to not getting the start over Latavius Murray. I thought that yeah. was a good response. Sean Turner talked about that side. Yeah, I thought, you know, he responded well and stuff like that. And then as well, just finding ways to win. Um, you know, that's kind of, I had a positive on that. It's just, they, they found a way to get the four and two, it's better than three and three. And you can yeah. kind of flush that one and move on. Just touch on the running game, what you've seen from, from Cook Murray, obviously Harris prayers yeah. to him again, sprained neck um, and, and concussion protocol. So hopefully yeah. he's okay. Just talk about the run game and the uh, finding way to win. There. Yeah. I will say just a note on Damian Harris, obviously a very scary moment yesterday. Sean McDermott though said that, Harris is out of the hospital. He's resting at home with his family, which is great to hear. Like you said, sprained neck. He is in concussion protocol, but it seems like things are going in a way more positive direction than what we expected when the game was going on. So love to hear that. Uh, in terms of the run game, look, I think that McDermott and his his coaching staff sent a message to James Cook. Like you are not, you have to earn your play. And the fact that Latavius Murray, Murray got the start over Cook yesterday, I think, says a lot. And I think, you know, Sean McDermott talked about it after the game. He said Latavius Murray always runs aggressive. And he saw James Cook kind of have that same attitude yesterday in the second half. Look, Cook is a younger player. He is developing. At the same point, you need to see that consistency. And I think Sean McDermott kind of sent that message of like, Look, you to play and be out on the field, you need to produce. And we didn't see that last week. You're going to not start. And I think James Cook got the got the message with that and just not decided, but like you saw the production that you wanted to, the efficiency that you wanted to out of James Cook. I think Cook is a very talented player. I think it's like most young players, though, finding that level of consistency and being able to continue that throughout the season and not just have these bright spot games. Yeah. Let's let's get to the bad now. I do agree with you on Cook. I do, you know, James Cook. He's been he's been he's been serviceable. Is he worth a second round pick? I don't know. We'll have that conversation when his contract comes up. But again, he he's been fine for me. I I, like I like he has that. moments, but it's like how do you how do you continue that? And then that's the biggest thing. The Bills have not been a tremendously great rushing team since Shady left, which makes sense. You have Josh Allen, you've invested in different ways, but at the same point to have that other opportunity, that other gear to go to and take some pressure off of Allen is important. So he's a young player. He needs to continue to develop. And I think yesterday he was sent that message of like, you better show up or you're not going to be on the field. Correct. hundred percent. Um, let's go to the bad. 
Um, I want to start again with the with the kind of secondary weapons around Stefan Diggs. Look, Gabe Davis, it's so it's such a hard conversation with Gabe because I do think he's a good wide receiver too. I've stood on that hill for for basically the past yeah. couple of years. He's a touchdown scorer, he makes big plays. He's really good at separating, like analytically. But again, I don't know if you know people say he's not a great separator, but the analytics show he is. Uh so Gabe Davis, start with him. You know, touchdown score doesn't do enough last night against the Giants. Struggles has like three for 21. Clear yeah, I mean, I mean oh, so sorry. far, so far, I thought that Gabe has had a pretty good season, honestly. I think he was able to give a little bit more yards for this team, all that stuff. But I really felt like the fumble was tough. I thought like early on in that game, too, the Bills were starting to get into a rhythm. And then after the fumble, it felt like things continued to just kind of go sideways. Davis is a guy I feel the same way like I am a Davis Gabe Davis fan like I Mm -hmm. think that he can do incredible things I think him and Stefan Diggs when it's working it's working so great but it is again about how can we make it be a five catch 75 yard game how do we do that and have some other option to go to other than Stefan Diggs. I think the fumble really messed with his confidence yesterday. He was able to get back into it. He had a catch after that. But um, at the same point, I think for this team, it's about finding someone else. And someone wrote a comment, Matt, saying, why does Sherfield, why roster Sherfield if he's not contributing, similarly with Hardy and Shakir? I hear what you're saying. A thousand percent. Why? Why is there the inability and is is it a Josh trusting thing? Because that's a whole other issue that needs to be addressed of why doesn't Josh trust the players that are in these spots? Or is it you don't feel confident in Sherfield? You don't feel confident in Hardy? Obviously, Hardy had the touchdown yesterday. It was a nice design play by Ken Dorsey. I will give him that. But yeah, why why aren't you able to rely on these other guys? And I think these are the really difficult conversations and vulnerable conversations the Bills are having right now because this is what happened after the Giant or the Jets game. Like we talked to Allen and the Bills that week at practice after, and he's like, We have had some tough conversations and very real conversations after that game. And I think this is another situation where you have to bring up those tough conversations again because things clearly need to be addressed. Stefan Diggs has been phenomenal this this season, but who else? And you need to figure out a way to get other people involved because it cannot. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Be Justin. Yeah, and, and looking through the statistics for these guys, Deontay Hardy on the season, um, again, signed to a $4.5 million contract. I think it was worth up to like $11 or $12 million with the, uh, incentives. 12 catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. Trent Sherfield non-existent. Again, I think he was, you know, Minimum contract, $1.7 million. So I wasn't expecting a lot, but five catches for 39 yards. And then Khalil Shakir, your fifth-round pick from last year, four catches for 40 yards. So it's just like and – and then you look at Diggs, you look at Diggs uh, stats, it's insane. Yeah, it's like insane. not even funny. It's like well, 49 catches, 620 yards, 
five touchdowns. Well, like Trent so, Sherfield, they brought him in last year. He had a breakout season with Miami. He was able to be a guy that wasn't just a special teams contributor. You knew what you were getting. And it's like, I felt like early on, especially with Diggs not at offseason workouts, Allen and Trent Sherfield talked about the fact that they were able to really early on build this rapport. And it's like, why aren't we seeing that? Yeah. I, and again, like even like at the game yesterday, I don't know if like you noticed this, but it almost felt like, they were like everything was almost schemed for Stefan Diggs. Like I'm not saying that Josh Allen, you know, wasn't, you know, getting through his reads and stuff like that, or, or, or there wasn't other guys that were, you know, Dawson Knox was the first read on that interception that the linebacker just made a great play on. But yeah. I feel like they were trying, even like Stefan Diggs is going to beat you. Like we can beat you just with Stefan Diggs. That's all we need. That's kind of how it felt like, especially in the first half. I mean, again, I, like I said, I'm fine with the Bills forcing the ball to Stephon Diggs because he is that good. But at the same moment, it's like, all right, he can't do everything. You need right. to be able to rely on other people. It's just frustrating because the Bills are supposed to be this very talented offense, this high-flying, powerful offense that's been able to you know, be based off of rhythm and have all these explosive plays and all this stuff. Like We've, we've talked about it so much about like, oh, Deontay Hardy, he's a burner. He's got great speed. Like, it's just frustrating, and I can imagine for fans, it's got to be infuriating because you see how challenging it is to score a touchdown yesterday against the Giants. Yeah, they and they again they've shown an ability to do it. Like the thirteen, I'm not trying to go back to thirteen second moment. Sorry, but Stephon Diggs was doubled that whole game, and, and the Bills were able to still be dominant. Like they could yeah. not stop him. So like you need to be able, whether it's you know you go get someone at the deadline or you just try and work out what you have. Like you're, you're using 12 personnel more than any team in the league. Your tight ends haven't produced. Um, it's just all in all wide receivers and tight ends on this team besides Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis here and there. Just, it's not enough for me. Um, and this Bill's offense moving forward, they, they have to figure it out <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. Realistically. My concern is that that won't be figured out by King Ken Dorsey. Why? I think last season you even saw, like we talked about at the end of last year, like there really wasn't that evolution of this offense and where we were yesterday. And I know Don Kincaid was out. I see they were 11 personnel heavy. You know, Don Kincaid was out. They weren't able to go 12 personnel, all this stuff. Like Don Kincaid is supposed to be this revolutionary player for the Bills offense. <clears throat> um, at the same point, I just feel like I don't, I don't know if Ken Dorsey will have the answers. It's only his second year. And I, I don't think there's a wealth of experience for him to draw off of. And so that is where my concern level is. Look, it's going to have to get really bad for the Bills to fire him, obviously. Right, because right, the numbers are there. Like, the numbers are elite. <laughs> but. I know, but this is where sometimes the numbers lie. I hear I know, you. I know. But I know. there's the difference between watching the game and seeing how things are going and then looking at the stats. Right, hundred percent, and that's kind of where I'm at. It's like because there's some people that are like the the Dable, the whole Dable thing came back to light. Like you know the the Bills' offense are so good with Dable, but if you look at Dable statistically without Josh Allen, and we'll never know the answer to this because Ken Dorsey hasn't been with any other quarterback, and this is his first job. But Brian Dable has been downright not good without Josh Allen. So again, like Ken Dorsey is taking over a, a revolutionary offense. I'm not saying that Ken Dorsey isn't a great offensive coordinator, but again, like you haven't seen him. Is Josh Allen just really good and Stefan Diggs really good where they can just elevate a play caller and kind of yeah, hide his flaws? Are. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they are. Yeah. 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 
so that's kind of where that's kind of the debate because like some people yeah the, the numbers show that Dorsey has had a top three offense and they've been very efficient and Josh Allen's playing the best football of his career and Stephon Diggs on pace to break records and they're they were averaging you know 34 points and put up you know everything was good a couple of weeks ago um but again it's just the inconsistency for me with this offense yeah that's how I feel too okay I want to move the defense now and, and another negative from the game uh, in my eyes on Sunday. It was the play again of second year corner Kyer Elam. Um, you know, again, it, it's tough because they it, it stinks because they drafted, they traded up for him and he's been a healthy scratch the first four weeks. He's gotten his opportunity the last couple of weeks with Benford out in week five in London and then Dane Jackson missing yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. He, I thought he was better, uh, but again, he still allowed four catches, 42 yards. Um, during the game and a lot of all 100 over 100 rating when targeted. So just your thoughts on Kyrie, because again, you know, he's a guy that works his tail off to be the best he can be. And he wants it so bad. You know, you hear him talk all the time. He's eludes confidence and all that stuff, but just talk about Kyrie Elon's performance last night and just your thoughts on overall his kind of future in Buffalo moving forward. I think Kyrie Elam is a very confident man. I do. But I don't know how your confidence would not be shaken by what the last couple of weeks have entailed. And I think for this team, it's a challenge because I think they've obviously really loved what they've seen out of Christian Benford. And Benford didn't have a perfect game yesterday, but at the same point, you've seen him be that instinctual player. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elam is no secret. I give him a ton of credit. He's talked to us the last couple of weeks, after, especially after that Jacksonville game where obviously Calvin Ridley was toying with him. I thought... Elam played better. You know, Sean McDermott was asked about his performance yesterday after the game, and he said that Kyrie has been resilient. Um, the Bills have invested a lot. Obviously, he's a he's a first round draft pick, and the expectations that come with that are heavy. Kyrie, it just he's it's it's tough. I you want to see him succeed, but it seems like he's always ten yards off a receiver. One of his strengths is like hand fighting, but at the same point, he's so far off the line. And then, too, some of the penalties that we've seen. I mean, coming out of college, it was he was talked about as being a guy that you know was penalized heavily. But right now, it is a situation where the Bills are waiting on Dane Jackson to get, to be better. Now, Dane is day to day; he's dealing with a foot injury. That was Sean McDermott's update as of this afternoon. Um, but Elam hadn't really had a lot of experience in the lineup. Obviously, last week was the first week he played. It's just, it's tough to see because they've invested a lot in him. But I think by the decisions that you've seen, the coaching staff doesn't really trust him. Now, this begs the question Are you ready to kind of be like, okay, let's just roll? You know, because Christian Medford, again, I thought he played fine yesterday. He had a great pass breakup in, in a key yeah. situation. Are you ready to kind of just roll with Christian Medford and Dane Jackson and just be like, enough of this Kyrie Elam talk? He's going to be the depth outside boundary corner. And that's kind of what he's going to be for this team right now. Yeah, I do. I think when Dane Jackson is healthy, depending on how long that takes, but Sean McDermott makes it very clear, like you have to be able to play to be in the lineup. And I think right now, Kyrie being in the lineup is out of the necessity of Christian Benford either wasn't healthy or Dane Jackson wasn't healthy. And I mean, that's tough for Bills fans because again, of how much they invested in in him, in Kyrie Elam, and he has the physical traits. I mean, you see it, he's rangy, all these things, but I think when you see the instincts that Christian Benford has and the fact that Dane Jackson does just have more experience, at the end of the day, it's about who the Bills trust more. And I think they trust 
Christian Benford and Dane Jackson more than they do Kyrie Elam. Yeah, and that's and it's funny too because like you look at what they did, like everyone in the offseason thought that Kyrie was going to be the guy. Like most people, I, I, I did. I was like, you know right. what? He's a guy. He's he's like, I mean, his dad played in the NFL. He played in Florida. He has all these strengths, all this stuff, and sometimes I feel bad for the players because their expectations are based on where they're drafted. Kyrie is a first round pick. So you expect him to make an immediate impact into this lineup and be a dependable starter for years to come. And Christian Benford is a guy who's a fifth, sixth round draft pick. And in essentially right off the bat, I remember the first game against the Rams. It was like, is Kyrie going to start or is it going to be Christian Benford last season? And obviously Benford beat him out. So uh, I think it's just one of those things. It does boil down to who Buffalo trusts. And I don't think that they've seen enough to trust Kyrie last season at the end of last year. I think Kyrie had some great moments. Um, but in terms of this season, what we've, we've seen so far, I just think that they, to me, it seems pretty obvious that he is in there because he has to be. Yeah, and it's funny, like going back to the like the offseason, uh, to kind of your point, he had the interception against Patrick Mahomes in the end zone. He did really good against Tyreek Hill when they matched up. So like that Miami game a couple of weeks ago, the whole conversation leading up to it was, oh my gosh, Kyrie really needs to at least be a game day active because, you know, look what he did last year. He's fast. He runs a 4-3. I promise you no one's, you know, Kyrie isn't touch, touching Tyree Kill no matter no matter what yeah, he runs in, no. in a 40-yard yeah. dash. So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. Kyrie, again, I hope he can somehow rebound, whether it's here or, you know, somewhere else. I, I think he is a talented player. Um, I do a thousand percent. He is talented. Right. That's the That's the challenging part is – when you see a guy that is so talented and it's not exactly equating on the field, it's got to be frustrating because of what you did to go out and get him. And then also because you have, you know, obviously now with the way things are with Trey white being done for the season, like you have a spot where Dane Jackson's been banged up. Christian Benford's been banged up where it's like, you thought you had a position of strength and now it's like, all right, we're relying on some of our guys. Okay, my, my dad with a comment here. And I'm, oh, this is actually, dad? Yeah, it's my dad. I, I'm going to segue into this because I think this is actually a, a conversation. I was in Twitter spaces last night and I, a bunch of people in there were talking about the Bills have faced so much adversity. They were one yard from losing on national television to the Giants. Do you think this will have a positive impact on their mindset going forward? And I'll kind of rephrase that for you, Jenna. Like they've lost so many of these games, the Vikings game last year, you know, just, you know, so oh, many of these games, it just yeah. felt like it hasn't gone their way. Maybe this can like mentally, and I don't know if it does, but it's the Giants. I know they aren't that good, but again, you still found a way to win. Do you think that will help them, like my dad said, moving forward? I think this game will help them absolutely because it gave a lot of um, direction as to where they need to be better, and they also won. Like sometimes losses are losses are very important in the in the NFL because they are a huge lesson teachers. You know, they help kind of see where you need to improve, where you need to be better. The great thing is the Bills have those examples from this game, but they came out with a win. And sometimes in the NFL, a win is a win, and that's what matters. So they're able to pick up that win. You're four and two on the season, which feels a hell of a lot better than what they would have been. Um, so look, I think this is early on in the season. And I I I I'm being, I don't want to say harsh on the Bills, but like there are still a lot of things to love about this Bills team. But what you want to see is them be able to build off of what the positives are. 
And there are so many positives on this team, but the way they the way they played the last two weeks, they are better than that. And they have to be better than that if they want to do anything in the postseason. So last week was or this past Sunday was great because you learned a lot and you also got a win. 100%. I agree. The Bills found a way to win against the New York Giants. Um, Jenna, one more thing before you get going here. Um, I, I just want to ask you a question about the outlook, I think, for the season and where, again, kind of have your, have your um, what's the word, your preseason um, kind of expectations change now that we're six, six weeks through the season? No, actually they haven't, which is funny because before the season started, I had the Bills losing to the Jets and to the Jags. So I still have them being like, because I just saw, I mean, again, no one expected Aaron Rodgers to go out four snaps into the game. Uh, I didn't think the Bills would look that bad against the Jags. Um, But at the same point, I think this is a, when you have Josh Allen, (laughs) Good things can come from it. So I still have this team being a team that can be phenomenal in the postseason. And I I think it's just going to take working out some of these kinks. And it's October and they have the ability to do that. But we know in the AFC things move fast. And while the Chiefs haven't been off to a great season, their record is pretty good. And while the Bengals, that's a little bit of a different story. But Look, the Dolphins are playing well. Like right now, I think if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, like the the Bills are fifth because the Dolphins have the first spot in the AFC East. So um, I think it's going to be a tough season. Their schedule right now is pretty pretty light. But then when you have the Jets again, you have the Eagles, you have the Chiefs, you have the Cowboys, like there's a stretch in there that's definitely going to be hard. So this is the time. gentlemen to work it out figure it out before you have that gauntlet stretch that kind of starts at the end of november and then heads into the playoffs i appreciate it you coming on let people know where they can find you and the great stuff you do over at buffalo plus and uh at 13 Wham. yeah so um i work at 13 Wham, which is the abc station in rochester we have a lot of fun there if you want to watch locally it's channel 13 the abc station but if you are not local to rochester which is totally fair Check out Buffalo Plus. It's our YouTube channel. We also do podcasts. It's myself, Mike Catalana, who has literally been covering the Bills since 1989, and Dan Fates, who is a good friend of mine. He's also not as long. He's my age, so it hasn't been that long. But he's covered the Bills for like seven seasons. So uh, combined, we've had a lot of experience covering this team. My first year covering the Bills was Rex Ryan's last year. So I've been around the team for some time now. Um, but it's a lot of fun we have over there. So just be sure to check out Buffalo plus we have a podcast. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts as well. Also, Matt, shout out, Matt Rochester rocks. Appreciate you, fam. (laughs) All right, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a great, great week and have, have fun preparing and asking some questions about the upcoming game against the Patriots. Will do. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. Have a good night. That was Jenna Cottrell. Hold on, I gotta switch my. Uh... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
thing here real quick. That was Jenna Cottrell uh, from Rochester over at Buffalo, Buffalo Plus. Give her a follow. Uh, she's a great, great follow. Makes some great content uh, for the B- Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia community. I want to end on another, one more conversation. Um, Dawson Knox and Don Kincaid. Um, obviously, Don Kincaid was out. I thought the presence of that was was missed uh, last night. I thought Don Kincaid is a big part of this offense. Even if you don't think he is, I think they utilize him in a way that he can still, you know, be that outlet for Josh Allen or that safety net. And also, you know, kind of be a focus for a defense because of his ability over the middle of the field. I think that was missing. And I get it. The Giants are still a bottom feeder defense and do struggle and don't have the greatest defense overall. But I still think that losing Dalton Kincaid, um, like this comment says, the Bills missed Dalton Kincaid. It is 100% true because I think Dalton Kincaid offers something that maybe not just be on the stat sheet. Um, but the Dawson Knox conversation, uh, I, was, I think it was a third and eight late in the game. Josh Allen, you could you could say he probably could have made a better throw. Uh, I, I thought Josh Allen could have made a better throw on that play, but I think Dawson Knox still had to catch it. It just hasn't been there for me uh, with Dawson Knox. Now, look, he's loved by the team. I think he works he works very hard, like every player on this roster. For me, for him to get to pay the money he is and for his kind of contribution so far through this season – um, again, he he hasn't done much. Yesterday he had three catches for 17 yards. Uh, so I think that bumps him up to 14 uh, receptions on the year for 92 yards on the season. Um, he hasn't even eclipsed the 100-yard mark. Uh, Don Kincaid has. So Don Kincaid has actually outproduced Dawson Knox in a way in terms of yardage. Maybe receptions too, but I'm not 100% positive on that. Dawson Knox needs to be better um, for me. Again, I think he's dealing with a wrist injury that's kind of prohibited him throughout uh, the season and especially the past couple of weeks. But look, I think you need more from your tight end, especially the amount, you know, the bills run 12 personnel. It has to change for me. And Dawson Knox has to be more involved in this offense. They have a tough matchup this week, divisional opponent, uh, bills, Patriots, one o'clock on Sunday. Look, the Patriots are a mess right now. If there's any team you can absolutely dominate, um, it, it is the it is the uh, New England Patriots. And I know I, we all said the same thing about the, the New York Giants yesterday night. But look, the Bills have an opportunity here to get right, you know, get on the right track. I think the Bills offer, you know, a good matchup for the Patriots. I think the, the defense could fly around, turn the ball over on Mac Jones or whoever the quarterback may be. Maybe they maybe Malik Cunningham gets a sneak peek and he gets in there, and the Bills face kind of that dual threat uh, quarterback in New England. But I would bet that Mac Jones is the quarterback for New England this Sunday. I mean, if that is the case, I think the Bills, again, it it comes down to just not – it comes down to getting in a rhythm on offense. I'll say that. Running the ball. Um, You know, going for the big play. Opening up the defense. Um, You know, they've been methodical. They've done a good job of kind of those slow, methodical drives on the field this season. They've taken time off the clock. They've done a good job with that. And last year it was kind of the opposite. I felt like all they did was kind of take the home run ball and there wasn't that slow methodical, uh, you know, drives. So whatever you were doing last year at the beginning of the year and what you're doing now at, at times throughout this season, if you're able to kind of put that together and, you know, figure out a way to get Clear Shakir involved and not just utilize them on a couple throws a game on Josh Allen's reads and not just, you know, utilize the fine digs. I get it. He's great. He's, you know, 16 targets and he's producing it. He's going to, he's on pace for 139 receptions, over 1700 yards and 12 plus touchdowns this year. Like, yeah, that is great. That is great to have that out of your wide receiver one. But if you're getting that production out of your wide receiver one, you expect, the rest of your players, especially if the defense you're going against is focused, doubling, trying to take away Stephon Diggs consistently, 
you need other players on the offense to be involved. It, whether it's Clear Secure, like I said, getting a couple targets a game, maybe that goes up. Maybe you utilize him more. Maybe you trust him more. Um, again, Deontay Hardy, why was he brought in? Everyone talked about, oh, he's this upgrade over Isaiah McKenzie. Well, he really, you know, hasn't been to this point. Uh, punt return wise, he's been, I say, below average. I don't, I haven't really seen much from him in the return game. That's really caught my eye. And in the receiving game, yeah, he's made a couple of nice plays. I know he had a, a nice catch to move the sticks against the Jags on a nice out route where the defender fell and he got a couple yards after the catch and you know stuff like that. He had a touchdown yesterday. But look, man, like the Bills need to get these guys involved. I already mentioned Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. It can't just be all Stephon Diggs, as great as Stephon Diggs is. And that's what the offense maybe needs to realize. Maybe that's what Josh Allen needs to realize. Maybe Josh Allen needs to be like, okay, I do have Stephon Diggs, but there is someone, you know, there are other guys on this roster that can win me football games, not just Stephon Diggs. Um, so that's what the offense needs to do. They need to figure it out. Again, it's October. It's week six. The Chiefs just lost or, you know, beat the Broncos by 11. Um, they were, you know, they had a last, you know, late fourth quarter field goal to take a, a double digit lead in that one. The Cincinnati Bengals won a game by four points where their defense got two stops in the red zone in the fourth quarter. They were inside the 20, the Seahawks and the Bengals found a way to win. The Bills found a way to win against the Giants. They did it uh, again, you know, going back to it, the Eagles, they lost to the Jets. Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions. I was talking about that earlier. The, the Eagles didn't look like themselves. Uh, the 49ers lost to a PJ Walker led Browns team. So everything, I'll say, I say that to say this: everything is still in front of the Buffalo Bills. They're four and two. You have a game against the New England Patriots, who again they can lose to. It's the NFL, any given Sunday, but it's a game you should win and have to win. And then you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before a big test against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals are on a bye this week. They're going to be full. They're going to be full of goal, man. Like they, the Bills are going to have to bring their A game. And if they do bring their A game, they can beat anyone and they can beat the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have the bye this week, then go 49ers and then play the Bills. So with that said, everything is in front of the Bills. They have what it takes to be a great football team. It's about scheming guys open. It's about getting everybody involved and being that dynamic offense and balanced offense that we've seen at times um, on a consistent basis. So I will see you guys next week. Um, to break down this Bills-Patriots matchup. It's the last 1 o'clock game for a while, so please, please enjoy it. Um, after this, it's a lot of 425 starts, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, which is fun because for me, a guy like me, I love watching football, so watching red zone um, is really good. Uh, my, my Uncle Tom here, Allen needs to move around in the pocket to keep the linebackers close to the line. This opens up the middle in 12 personnel. Yeah, Tom, I would like to see some more movement outside the pocket, maybe some not naked bootlegs, but some play action and move the pocket a little bit to the right or left, getting him moving around. That would be that would be a help to this offense. Look, there's a lot they can do. Uh, Reptile, good show. I appreciate it. Thank you to all that have listened, uh, all 22 of you in here. From Australia, the late starts are nice, dude. Uh, that, that's awesome to see that I got someone from Australia in here. Uh, great show. Thanks, AJ and Johnny. Go Bills. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Richard. Um, he says go Bills here. So I appreciate all the comments, all the shares. If you're listening on audio, it's greatly appreciated uh, if you like and share that on whatever audio platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, anything like that. If you listen live tonight, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it. It was great interacting with all of you. And again, I will see you next week to break down this Bills-Patriots matchup as the Bills look to move to 5-2 and get back on the right track. I will see you next week.